hi, everybody, and welcome to The Professor Is In Podcast. I'm Dr. Karen Kelsky of The Professor Is In, and as always, I'm delighted you're here with us today. And I am Kel Weinhold, also surprisingly of The Professor Is In, also glad that you're here today. And I want to give a little shout out to our sponsors. Our sponsors are the people who listen and the people who decide to make a monthly contribution to support the staff that makes our podcast possible. And that's really what the support goes for, is to support the staff who, who do the editing and to support the guests that we have on, uh, because we do pay our guests. So if you would like to be part of that and you are not yet, you can join for a monthly contribution of $3.99 by going to bit.ly slash ourpod, O-U-R-P-O-D, that's B-I-T dot L-Y slash ourpod, or you can just make a one-time contribution if you listen to a podcast that you love. And you can do that on the podcast page that the professor is in. Each episode has a link where you can make that contribution. So, And shout out to our marvelous editor, Stephanie Blair Watts, who magically transforms our ramblings into a reasonably <laughs> linear and organized podcast episode every week. And if you were- you can learn more about her, she's she's quite an impresario with many interests, including fashion design and um, all other kinds of artistic contributions and design contributions besides doing podcast editing. So just uh, Google her and you'll learn more. And along those lines, um, you can find out what a genius she is. If you're a member of the podcast, uh, you get a recording, the rough recording, video recording of our efforts. So. It's not surprising to most of you, I suppose, to learn that we spend a lot of time talking about leaving the academy, the people we see leaving, the people we think should leave. Well, the people who talk about leaving and fantasize about leaving and write about leaving. Right. All the various leavings Mm -hmm. that we see happen. Um, In fact, actually, I made two new hashtags to... uh, identify the kind of masses of people who are leaving these days because of COVID, hashtag professor is out, and hashtag not dying to teach. Right. And, um, you know, there's the whole great resignation mm-hmm. conversation that's going on, which I'm going to be absolutely honest about. I've only seen that headline. I have read nothing about it. Mm. I just went, hmm, I have a feeling what's going on. So, yeah, well, yeah. you know, it's what you think. People <laughs> right. aren't coming back to work because... Why would they when the conditions are so terrible? Right. So I um, got to thinking about how getting stuck, leaving the academy, is so similar to getting stuck working on a project. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to spend the next three weeks going through three ways that people get stuck. And you can go ahead and apply it to your work if you want to. That's great. We're going to really try to focus on um, how people get hung up on leaving the academy. And we're doing it all because we think it's an interesting conversation, but we're also doing it as a lead-in to uh, the November 1st launch of our um, short video series on the art of leaving, where you can sign up for a regular video prompt that will arrive every day in your mailbox for you to just do a little bit of the reflecting and some of the like 
strategic work about leaving. So mm -hmm. that's also a lead into that. And you'll hear us talk about that all three weeks as well. Cool. So. Well, you are the author of the blog post that we are going to talk about today. Mm -hmm. So why don't you tell us what that was? Well, this why is that feels useful to you? So one of the ways that I see people in the, in the group that I worked with on the art of leaving, which I did a beta test group of, of two different two different groups of people for 10 weeks talking about issues about leaving. And one of the things that I see happen with people working on their projects is that I see them try to make it perfect mm -hmm. before they act. So I'm really interested in that question of how perfectionism, which is the bugaboo of so many academics, how it then plays into thinking about leaving. Mm -hmm. So I'm interested in, you know, you talk to a lot of people about leaving and you read mm -hmm. a lot about what people leaving, wh about where you see them get stuck in that. And even when you do your, your webinars um, about leaving, mm -hmm. where do you see that play in? Yeah, that's, that's a really good question. And actually, when you started talking, I started thinking about the professor is out private Facebook group. So in addition to being a hashtag, it's also the name of a private Facebook group that I started about a year ago. I have mentioned on the podcast before, but it's up to 6,000 members as of this week, which is amazing. And because it's a group, not a page, or maybe it's a page, not a group. <laughs> anyway, in any case, it's a place where people can post. Uh, it's not moderated. Well, it is moderated, actually, but it's not. I don't manage it. I don't. Um, I, I'm not in charge of posting. Everybody posts and everybody comments. And so it's really a great place for a daily, vibrant, ongoing conversation about what it means to think about leaving. And so, and the thing that is interesting is some people have left many years ago. Some people are in the process of actively leaving now. Some people are just um, thinking about it. Some folks are tenured. Some folks are grad students. And so it's um, you really get an insight into where, um, into the range of possibilities, uh, the range of different people who are contemplating this question. And in terms of, of what comes out repeatedly, it is very much this question of how do I do it? And that can, and that gets into, that can mean a lot of different things, but it can absolutely mean, it can absolutely intersect with this perfectionism question that you're talking about. Because I think that one of the things is with the academy being so linear and predictable in it in in its operations it's not predictable in its outcomes because you try for a job doesn't mean you'll get a job but it's predictable it's very linear it's like you do one thing then the next then the next then the next all the way through retirement but um i think people the one of the hardest things is to let go of that predictability mm -hmm. and basically be comfortable wrap their minds or you don't even have to be comfortable with it a lot of people will never be comfortable with it but wrapping your mind around the fact that you don't really know how this is going to work. Right. And right now we're uh, offering a series of four webinars on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. And I think LinkedIn is a really interesting locus point to think about this because it's 
it's weird for academics. It's like, I don't understand why I'm doing this. I don't (laughs) understand what is supposed to happen. What do you mean? I like put myself out there and then what, what someone finds me and offers me a job? Actually, yeah. Sometimes, that does sometimes. sometimes happen. Not a lot, but but mostly it's about making these professional networks, and you don't know which person you connect with is going to put in a good word for you or going to lead to a, an interaction um, that's going to yield something. So it's so uh, this isn't. I th- I think what I'm talking about is not precisely perfectionism, but to me it's akin to it in terms of sort of predictability. That um, if you know what the rules are, you can imagine that you can perfect your ability right, to follow right, them. Right. But if you don't know exactly what the rules or the outcome is going to be or the logic, there actually isn't a way. There's perfectionism can't work. It can't. You can't really. And so and so that will really that thinking will really get in your way right. of just putting a LinkedIn page out there and doing the best you can from a state of relative ignorance because you got to start somewhere. Right. And I, and I, I can actually see that tied really closely to perfectionism. Right. So I have to rethink the way I approach working or, or envisioning myself or therefore translating myself for other people to understand. I don't really know how to do that right, correctly, perfectly. Therefore, I'm just going to freeze in place. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a LinkedIn mm-hmm. is a great example. Mm-hmm. So I, I had another thought about it, and I don't think I can, I don't think I can effectively jump off on the LinkedIn thing. But maybe you'll see the connection. I was thinking about how one of the things about an academic career when you go into the PhD, planning to go into the academy, and there are a lot of people who never plan to go into the academy, but the the folks who like join saying, "I want to be a professor," right? In in a way, they don't ever ever is a big word. They don't often reflect on their path in the process. They just sort of get on the path and push toward the outcome. Mm-hmm. And so, one of the things that I ask people in the when they get stuck because i really wanted to keep keep this focused on how people are getting stuck Mm -hmm. just trying Mm -hmm. out to think about outside is one of the ways that they get stuck is they don't stop and reflect when they get stuck they don't stop and reflect how'd i get here right Mm -hmm. so you get stuck and instead you're constantly looking forward except to shame yourself for being stuck. But it's like, how do I get out of this? How do I do this? How do I do that? Mm-hmm. So here you are. You've got your PhD. You're just about to get your PhD. The academy has collapsed. You've been a professor for 20 years. The academy is collapsing. You're a, a full professor. You're sick of it. Whatever it is, you're, you're in this place, and it's hard to move to the next place unless you can reflect on how did I get here? Mm-hmm. How did I get to this place of being, feeling like I'm trapped? Mm-hmm. And, and we tend to start accepting the trapped as mm-hmm. de facto yeah. instead of, no, there were a series of steps and now you're unhappy with them. Okay, cool. Let's mm-hmm. look at them because mm-hmm. that's going to, that's going to help you see where you went down the, the alley with the dead end. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I see a lot of this, a lot of this 
thinking being hampered by shame. Mm-hmm. We talk about shame all the time on this podcast, which I think is interesting for a uh, podcast about the Academy. Because it's the core value of the Academy. <laughs> yeah, but, um, and I don't want to take us in a different direction than what you had hoped to cover with thinking about perfectionism because, um, and being stuck, because shame is such a huge topic. Yeah, and it's part of that. And it is part of it, for sure. But, um, you know, rarely, I mean, I don't know, it's just really complicated, because you sort of look out and you say, this sucks, everybody sucks, my department's abusive, and this is, and I'm exploited, uh, and so that's blame, putting blame outward, and at the same time, I think that there's very, very few people who are like, who, who can avoid feeling like, I made terrible mistakes, I'm just bad at this. If I were better at this, I'd be at a better department. If I were better at this, I wouldn't have put myself in a position to be abused by my department head. This is, well, and generally the, speaking, yeah. people take the blame onto themselves. Well, and the academy, so it's a little bit just, of both, just really. Just be careful, because the academy shifts the blame to you. Yeah, for sure, of course. But, okay, I'll change the question. Because in the original article that I wrote about how to escape from the Isle of Perfection, the question I asked is, um, how, why did I stop here? Mm-hmm. Why, did I, why did I stop here? Now, you could take that in terms of writing. You could take it in lots of places. Like, what happened that I stopped right here? Because you can reflect on the, the, the proximal cause of your stopping, because it's not just that you stopped. Something mm-hmm. stopped you. So if you think about why did I stop here in your career, you can think, why, why did I stop here in the academy? Mm-hmm. Why did I stop here once I got miserable? Why didn't I move? Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And, and the, I think that question can help you escape a little bit instead of the, how did I end up here? Mm-hmm. It's why did I stop here? Oh, I see what you're saying. Right? How did I yeah, end up yeah, here? Yeah. It gives you this chance to beat yourself up. <laughs> right. Why did I stop here? Right. What ch- series of terrible choices led me to this point <laughs> as opposed to why did I choose to stop here? Right. Why did I choose yeah. to stop here? Yeah. Because I it's think what happens... agency is, in that. And there's also an opening. Mm-hmm. There's the reminder that you may have stopped here, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean you can't go further. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. You can't... You can restart. And restarting, for anybody who's ever you know stopped anything and tried to restart it... Breaking inertia is a challenge, mm-hmm. and it is fraught, and it brings up all the swirly blue meanies, mm-hmm. but why did I stop here? So mm-hmm. just like the, the series that's going to come up, this is the kind of question that, that, that I would ask you in, to reflect on in a short coaching video about leaving would be, why did you stop here? Mm-hmm. What, Can what? you give an example like uh, from someone... Okay. A real person, or I mean, or a made-up real person who um, who would reach a point in, in a classic academic trajectory and then say, oh, I need to ask why I stopped here. Okay, so you get your PhD, you try for a whole bunch of jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, for whatever reason, you're not successful in getting the track you were looking for. You take a job in a different track that um, proves to be not what you wanted. And, or you go the exact track that you wanted mm-hmm. and it proves to be not the magic that you thought it was. Right. That's, right? that's pretty common actually. Right? People get what they think is that they get the ten, tenure track job. That's, well, just to interject, that's the shocking thing about the professor is out Facebook page is how many people are on the tenure track or tenured 
and are like, nope, I'm quitting my tenure track job. Right. So here I am. I got this tenure track job mm-hmm. and I, it's really miserable. I'm miserable. I'm miserable away from my family. I'm a miserable in this part of the country. I'm miserable with these colleagues. Mm-hmm. I miserable with these students. Um, and we begin to focus on the misery and the stuckness. Mm-hmm. And we begin to listen to all the stories about how we'll never get out. Mm-hmm. Right. I'll never be able to get a different tenure track job. Mm-hmm. I'll never be able to find whatever. I'm I'll, not qualified. I'm not for anything qualified else. for the anything else. Biggest one. When I talk about that, talk to that with folks who have taken the job that is the four four, mm-hmm. and their their research is way lower than the person who's had the two two or the two one, and so they tell themselves, "I can't apply for any of those jobs because I'll never get them." Mm-hmm. And sometimes I feel like, I mean, I'm just going to a little aside here. Sometimes I feel complicit in that because I think we do a lot of you have to publish, you have to do this, you have to do that, and you don't have to. It's going to improve your chances, but it doesn't mean that you should just stop here mm-hmm. if you're miserable. So mm-hmm. you get in that place and you switch it to. What am I doing wrong? How can I fix this? Why can't I enjoy this job? I'm so lucky that I have a mm-hmm. job. I should be happy. Mm-hmm. Well, if you flip the question and start asking, why did I stop here? Mm-hmm. And the question may be really, the answer may be really hard. Mm-hmm. I got profoundly depressed mm-hmm. and was unable to move. Mm-hmm. And if you answer that question, you can address that thing mm-hmm. instead of focusing on the how did I end up here? How did I end up here? How did I end up here? I just, for me, I just, as you were talking, I was realizing that uh, difference, that the past tense has been hanging me up a little bit. Why did I stop here? Mm-hmm. And that if, for me, if I switched it to why am I stopping here? Why am I stopped here? Huh. That that helps me because then I feel like, um, I, I don't know why exactly, yeah, but it allows me to feel a really little help. bit more. Yeah, the tense change really helps. It helps me feel like I'm in the moment. I'm poised. I will be moving because mm-hmm. everybody moves all the time. Change is inevitable. inevitable. So um, why am I why am I stopping here when there is a universe of change available to me? Right. And I th- and and I'm going to bring it back to perfectionism. Is that I think that we we stop in places because we're looking for the perfect or the best path. Exactly. Out, right? Exactly. And that's exactly right. Right. So yeah. I'm I'm at a I'm at a this institution. I'm miserable. I want to be at that institution. Mm-hmm. And if I can't go to that institution, mm-hmm. I'll stay right here, miserable. Mm-hmm. Because that's the best path because I don't want anyone to think. And the number of times I hear people, well, people will think, colleagues will think, somebody will think, Mm -hmm. first of all, what they think of you is not your business. Get back in your own thing and be like, think what you want. Mm -hmm. What do I want to do? So Mm -hmm. I think that question of why am I stopping here? How have I, you know, why am I stopped here? Why did I choose to stop here? Mm -hmm. I think that's a really hard question for people to wrestle with because the question puts the agent the choice back on you it does you know I don't know if this is useful at all but I just had this like as that you were talking I just had this thing leap into my mind white people (laughs) whiteness what will people think of me is like the organizing principle one of the organizing principles of whiteness, it's white, white female, white, no, whiteness, white respectability, white respectability, white, white, um, uh, just status. Yeah. The, you know, that you have to maintain this status 
vis-a-vis these expectations because the expectations more or less have worked for you to a large degree. I was reflecting that I too was absolutely oppressed by the idea of what will people think of me, but my personal disastrous personal circumstances were, were greater than that, mm-hmm. than that desire for respectability. Mm-hmm. And so that compelled me to take this massive risk and leave a tenured position. And it was, um, and, but it really was a betrayal. It was a betrayal of so much of, so of, of this agreement that, and it, I, it, it is, it is not only whiteness because it's, it's white academics. It's, it's, um, it's the way that academia operates, the tenure operates that you don't, that we, what well, you don't leave this club, right? but it's a club. Yeah, and, I, and the reason I gendered it is that I spend a lot, you know, I work predominantly with people who were perceived as female at birth mm-hmm. and have lived to some extent in their life in that place. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that I see a, a repeated pattern among white women in mm-hmm. that particular category of being much more concerned with people's perception of them. Absolutely. And I'm not putting that on them. I think that that is the systemic work of white supremacy and the patriarchy. So Uh that's why I tossed in the gender thing there. I don't don't disagree that white women are more um, uh, sort of constrained by this, but I would not limit it to women. I I think that it's, I really see it as being the way that this kind of, I'm not being very articulate because it's something that just popped into my head, but this kind of like this status politics this prestige, the prestige politics, right, the respectability, politics. Ve- respectability. It's very hard for anyone who, who is so comfortable in it to let go of it right. and who expects it to work for them. They think the meritocracy works and folks who are marginalized, they're like, yeah, uh, not really. Yeah. So let me bring that all back then mm-hmm. to this idea of the right path or the mm-hmm. best path, or I can't move forward until I have perceived that. Right. So, there are two really big lies hidden in there. So the first one is that you have to have everything in perfect order before you can move. <laughs> that's the right? that's really right. Yeah. So so if big, you're big thinking obstacle. about leaving the academy, there's this sense that like <laughs> I have to have my next career planned uh-huh. out. I have to have right. the best path out of here planned mm-hmm. out. You don't I'm going to say this again and I'll I say it all the time. I'll, a lot of people that I work with on leaving the academy don't end up leaving. They end up leaving their relationship mm-hmm. with the academy. And mm-hmm. they end up t- treating it like a job, mm-hmm. and it's fine, and they separate a whole bunch of stuff, mm-hmm. and it shifts dramatically, and mm-hmm. they lose relationships and all sorts of stuff when you break up with an idea. But, <laughs> break up with an idea. Right? But when you... <laughs> so that idea of having to have the, the path sorted out uh-huh. instead of just the first step and, on mm-hmm, the path. Just the right? first step. So... Yep. If I take this to my never-ending, you know, outdoor metaphors and hiking metaphors, if you say, I'm going to go do this three-mile hike into the woods, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to go up and look at this mountain lake, here I go. You need to know, you you can say, well, here's the path, and there's the lake, and off I go, but every single step on the hike is an individual effort toward that. And at any moment, your, your, that whole plan you had can disappear on you. It could 
twist your ankle. Right. You could be you don't even swarmed have to have a... by bees. <laughs> or you could just say, wow, it's really hot. I don't want to do oh this. Oh, my God. No or, one told me the mosquitoes. Right. I mean, it's not, it doesn't Which have Which is to... so often the story of Oregon hikes. Right. Oregon in the, in the <laughs> early summer, yes. I was swarmed by mosquitoes, so I went home. So... <laughs> And, and, and then I go back to this, oh, I can't remember the author's name. It was in an Oprah magazine years ago, a woman who's a mountaineer and had climbed Everest and how climbing Everest you don't do in one shot, right? right? You right. climb up and you climb, you come back down, you climb up and you come back down. So if you can get yourself out of this idea that you have to, yes, you'd like all the tools to summit, mm-hmm. but you may never make it. If you can get yourself to, I just need to take a step. Mm-hmm. All I need to do is step in mm-hmm. that direction get my feet under me again and see how that goes. Yep. And so if we go back to the hiking thing, doing doing that hike after an injury, doing that hike after your body worked this way and now it doesn't work that way anymore is akin to this, I used to be on this path mm-hmm. using this set of tools, mm-hmm. but now it's different. And each step I'm going to have to keep adjusting. Yeah. So that, that's, I, that's... I always, in my talks on leaving the academy, I always say... That um, just take a step and then reevaluate. Right. Take a step and reevaluate. Exactly. You might take a non-academic job and sit in it for a while and then reevaluate and say, oh, okay, so I do see how this is better for me than the academy, but it still doesn't work for me in all these different ways. That doesn't make you a failure. Right. That just means you're gaining information and taking advantage of the available choices. And, you know, the choices that are available to us in America – and as humans, but let's just say in America, are not are not optimal. Everything is going to be a compromise in some ways. So, so it's really important not to idealize the academy and then not to denigrate in your you know pre denigrate. <laughs> That's not really a word. But <laughs> the opportunities that you're going to get outside the academy, you take the non academic job, you realize that there are some marvelous like the professor's outpage is filled with people writing posts saying oh my god i i i I close my laptop at 5 p.m and i don't open it or even think about it until 9 a.m the next morning this is stunning right and i went camping this weekend and i didn't have any deadlines i had to meet right and like so, these are these are these things that you gain, and then that by the same token, you might be like, "Wow, I really miss having conversations with other PhDs on a daily basis." Mm-hmm. And so, anyway, well, and you could also be go the entrepreneur route and go, "Wow, I used to work twenty four seven for the academy. Now I work twenty four seven for myself, so I'm not working any less. Mm-hmm. I just feel like I have more agency in it, and I feel more respected in it." Or, "Wow, this really sucks, and I really don't like that I don't have a set paycheck." So that gets to the second false belief Mm -hmm. that if you stop Mm -hmm. at any point that you have failed, Mm -hmm. right? If you are going somewhere and you stop doing it and go a different direction, that somehow you are less than not capable and that Mm -hmm. you failed. And Mm -hmm. I think that that is so written into the academy, Mm -hmm. so profoundly written into get the PhD, go toward here, get a tenure track job, get your Mm -hmm. book published or get your papers published or get your lab built or get your computer modeling set up, you know, do all the steps, get tenure, then keep driving, get full professor, then, you know, then you're just going to cruise and then you're going to be emeritus and then everybody's going to, you know, be thrilled with your wisdom instead of wish you would fucking retire so somebody else could get a job. Right. And, um, and uh, and then you'll enjoy a retirement that is obscenely well funded, 
which right <laughs> continues to be continues i mean as well you know honestly i'm out of touch with that we don't work with a ton of folks we do work with a few but not a ton who are headed into retirement but certainly back in the days when we were active faculty our colleagues retired making more money than they had made yeah, as full-time faculty and yeah. that was obscene yeah yeah so so the, so th- those two those two false beliefs mm-hmm. are what get you in the frozen spot, mm-hmm. in that stuck spot of perfectionism, that idea that there's a good way and that if you stop, it means that you've somehow failed. Mm-hmm. And if you go a different direction, it means that you were not capable of it. Mm-hmm. So those two things. And so um, I want to recommend, here's my coaching for the, for the day on this, add and. Yes. It's so good. Right. So, but give us an example. Um, why do you think you got stuck in this job? Because, um, you know, because because this is my this was my dream. Well, I couldn't get my publishing done. And, well, that means I can't. Um, that means that means I just I couldn't organize my time right. And, well, that means I must be. You know, I should, if I could just organize my time better, I, I could, I could this, I could make this work. Okay. So is that true? (laughs) Well, I mean, I have, you know, three children under five, but you know, I mean, eventually they'll grow up. (laughs) (laughs) So is it really true that this is really about your time organization? Mm. So, in terms of imagining a future outside the academy, you can just pause and ask yourself, why am I stopping here? Right. And how is my thinking about where I'm at stopping me from moving forward? And it occurs to me that um, some of the perfectionism uh, can apply not just to your fear of how to move forward, in terms of I don't know how to do a resume, I don't know how to do a LinkedIn, I don't know how to search for jobs, I don't know how to network, I'm not qualified, all those fears, very, very commonly shared. But also about the the past or the present, as in, um, oh, I have to finish out this semester, right, oh, right. I'm going to let down my advisor, right. so many people have invested in me, I told my parents for 10 years this was my path and now it isn't. And so there's a lot of stuff about the past that that also um, shows up in these conversations a lot. Right. Like that put good money, good time good after, time bad, after bad, money, bad money, as as you and your mom always say. Right. It's one of my mom's favorites. There's no reason to put good time after bad money. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think it's really interesting to think about how we get so tied into that progression, mm-hmm. that, that stopping and saying, and then when we don't progress, or we look up and say, I hate this, mm-hmm. that it's at that moment that we're so driven to go to the next stop and beat ourselves up to how to get to the next stop. Mm-hmm. And that really this is the place to ask those questions about, you know, why did I stop here? Mm-hmm. And then if you decided to stop, the other thing there is that sense of failure. It's not a failure to stop. It's not a failure to stop. It's not, I guess that's the takeaway message maybe. Yeah, and in fact... Try the thought experiment. It's a strength to stop. Right. Right. It's a success to stop. 
Right. Yeah. Think about how hard it is to mm-hmm. say no. Mm-hmm. Think about how hard it is to say no for your own well-being. Yeah. And so if you're, to wrap up, if you're seeking the perfect out, you're falling into the trap of believing there's such a thing. Mm-hmm. You're also probably imagining the whole story instead of the first step. Right. So if you want to get in your writing or in your career, if you want to get off the aisle of perfection, the first step is to understand there's no perfect way to do it and there's no controlled outcome. It's just take the step and see what happens. And stopping is not a sign of failure. Right. All right. See you next week when we talk about more ways that people get stuck in their writing and in leaving. Yeah. Bye.